0: This is the Get Booked Podcast, a weekly show for personalized reading recommendations. This is episode 297, and we are recording on September 7th. I'm Jen Northington. I'm here with special guest Erica Ezefetti of the Hey YA podcast, and we are coming to you from Book Riot. Welcome, Erica. Hey, 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 what's
1: up? Thanks for having me. You know, yes. It's
0: going to be fun. Yeah. Thank you for <laughs> filling in for Amanda. So excited uh, to have you here. So obviously, if people have listened to the Hey Way podcast, they're familiar with you. But for those who haven't, like, tell us a little about yourself.
1: Okay, so as far as like books, well, I feel like I'm kind of like a Jill of all trades mistress. Mm. Of none. So I've had like different jobs and stuff. They mostly centered around advocacy. But as far as like very bookish jobs I've had, I've worked with in and with public libraries, like as a, a like a library assistant, and also um, like as a tutor for kids from lower socioeconomic classes for like you know SAT prep and stuff like that. Mm. Um, my interest as far as book genres go you and I have kind of discussed this but I really like science fiction fantasy like mystery I kind of like everything but I'm like except for like nonfiction. (laughs) um you know her and I she and I we don't like click but I try like I know I should read her but she is so (laughs) boring to me sometimes and I'm just like girl can you spice it up you know what I mean like can you throw some flavor some adobo you know what I mean like something honey scotch bonnet spice. so I you know I'm working on she and I were working together to you know make Erica more informed that Mm. way but I will say I have learned a lot from fiction and so we're learning each other still yes yes um so you might vibe with me on this but I I feel like I learn a lot from like fiction obviously historical fiction and like actual like facts (laughs) and like Playing video games like Pokemon. I learned a lot from Pokemon. That's random, I <laughs> you know. They have a lot of Latin root words. Oh, is that right? <laughs> Me too. I too.
0: <laughs> I'm not on the Pokemon train, but that is okay, amazing. I took Latin yeah. in high school, though, so
1: now I feel like I should be. I think, you know what? You might need to get in on that. I mean, I haven't played the new stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just, well, I don't have anything against it. I just, I don't have the attention span for video games anymore, oddly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they're cute from a distance, but. You
0: know. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. That's all, ama- all amazing. All of it. Uh, first of all, <laughs> shout out to libraries. Secondly, yes. I feel like now we need to do like a spicy nonfiction theme. Spicy
1: <laughs> nonfiction, yes,
0: it exists. Or maybe
1: we'll get the for real
0: host to help us out with that. I'm sure it exists. I feel like I it even know to. some. I'm gonna have to think of some. Probably our listeners will send in some feedback for you. So yeah. well, I'll keep an eye out for those. Yeah,
1: definitely. I've heard that Mary Roach is good. She I gotta is get spicy. into her. It is She's true. She's spicy. She's, She's flavorful. Spicy.
0: Yeah, she she does have a lot of uh, personality. Is what mm. I'm gonna go with. Her and Sarah Vowell, mm-hmm. if you like like history mm-hmm. and sciencey stuff, they they do a lot of spice. But there's there's more out there. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to think about that. Yeah. All right. Well, so so welcome.
1: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
0: And so uh, listeners will notice that I have designed these questions. We picked them specifically to tailor for, for Erica's wheelhouses and my own. So, so yes, we, we're, we're going to have a good time. All right, so let's see. So let's do our boilerplate before we get into this. So how the show works. It is, as I said, a reading recommendation show, which means that you all can send in your reading recommendation requests. You can either send those in via email, getbooked at bookriot.com, or you can drop them in the form that's linked in the show notes on the site for every episode. And if you have a time-sensitive request, like you are looking for something to gift to somebody for a holiday or a birthday, or you're going on a trip and you want something for the trip, please put TIME-SENSITIVE, all caps, either in the subject line of the email or the very first line of the form. If we're not going to get to it on air, we might send you an email response, uh, so keep an eye out for those. But yeah, you can ask for yourself, for a friend or family member, for your book club, whatever. We will do our best to find you a great next read. As y'all know, we are also still taking questions for episode 300, I'm doing jazz hands right now, Uh, (laughs) which is coming up. And we have so many questions that we're going to have to do several AMA episodes, which Amanda and I are completely fine with for the record, so you can still send those in. So yeah, you can ask us whatever your questions are that aren't about what you should read next, feel free to send those in. Please put either you know episode 300 or AMA or AUA, since it's technically ask us anything, uh, in the subject line for those. All right, I'm going to read our first question and then we'll do a sponsor and then we will get with the recommending. So this first question is from Kathy who says, I am looking for a mystery series that contains a strong, hilarious, intelligent female protagonist and a bit of romance where the man may worry about the female, but she can take care of herself and she has a connection to food. She does not necessarily need to be a cook or trying to be a cook, but food has to be mentioned throughout the books and maybe some recipes are on the side. I really devoured the Kendra Donovan series, while the Cat Holloway series was interesting but was not what I was looking for. I did enjoy Alan Bradley's Flavia Luce series. Agatha Raisin is on my TBR. All right, so before we do that, let's
1: hear from our first sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Greenleaf Book Group no summer vacation should be without a great read and i don't know about you but i am partial to mysteries and thrillers for my When she drinks, she's bold and funny, and as pledging intensifies, so does Blake's drinking. Thanks again to Thirsty by Jazz Hammonds for sponsoring this episode. Okay,
0: Erica, foodie mysteries with a strong female protagonist. What you got?
1: I have Meet Your Baker by (laughs) Ellie Alexander, which yes, teehee, very cute. I love that the little foodie mysteries are very like punny. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. So it's about Juliet who returns home to Ashland, Oregon, after having graduated from culinary school. She's dealing with a broken heart from having divorced her chef husband, Carlos. And I was about to say that he sounds spicy, but I was like, let me give that a rest. (laughs) 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 Let me stop on that new metaphor. Uh, She decides to help her mom at her family's bakery because obviously baking or maybe just like eating baked goods helps mend a a broken heart. So Mm. There's a, I felt that, I felt that, Jen. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I felt that in my soul. Like, mm, yes, yes. It is, it is true. <laughs> so uh, there's also the Shakespeare fest, Shakespearean festival that brings in tourists and customers looking for things like crumpets and scones or scones, I guess that's how they say it. There is a murder most foul and one of the customers ends up dead. So the victim just so happens to be someone on the festival's like advisory board or whatever her name is Nancy who is let's just say very disagreeable which in this context of cozy murder foodie mystery means that she's also murderable you know <laughs> so um, uh, luckily Juliet's old high school boo thing is the detective and of course they start you know start back up some little flirtations and whatnot so yeah this is definitely a cozy mystery um, the main character Juliet is fun and smart and it is, again, Meet Your Baker" by Ellie Alexander.
0: That sounds great. Definitely mm-hmm. here for that. Fun fun. Yeah. Uh, and I, I agree. I love the pun titles of food mm-hmm. mysteries. they're 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 so good. Mm-hmm. All right, my pick is one that I am I'm using up our last mention for the year. <laughs> we we only get yes. to mention certain titles 3 times in the course of a year and I'm using the last one up. Arsenic and Adobo by Mia P. Manansala. And I picked this because I I just think it ticks all the boxes, right? This is mm-hmm. A mystery about Lila who comes back home to recover from a horrible breakup. Oh wait, that that is a trope within a trope in these mystery yeah, series. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> um, and her aunt, her tita Rosie, wh- who is like the mother figure in her life. Her restaurant is going under, and so Lila is trying trying to help with a family restaurant. And then she's got all these other aunties who are like up in her business, you know, doing the family auntie thing, and then. In the meantime, they're struggling because her ex-boyfriend from like high school, like way back in the day, uh, is a restaurant critic and keeps coming in to eat and then leaving horrible reviews. So that's not helping the fact Shady that the restaurant boots. I know, right? Like what's <laughs> up with this? Haters. So, yeah, haters, absolutely. So so they're struggling with that. And then one time, while he is in the restaurant and they're having like a not so great interaction, he literally like He's having some kind of allergic reaction. He gets taken out in an ambulance, and then he dies. And they're saying that it was somebody poisoned his food. So now she's a suspect. Her aunt is a suspect. There's all kinds of, like, shenanigans going on with the police. And uh, she decides that she has to, you know, clear her name, clear the family name, restore the restaurant to glory, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. The... Male presence in here is her best friend's brother, who's a lawyer. So naturally, he gets involved trying to help defend the family. And he is like, do not go do things on your own and she's like that's cute i will in fact go do things on my own thanks bye <laughs> and so there's a very like oh uh, no he's like running around behind her trying to get her to stop investigating what she's not not interested in doing so yeah really good family vibes really amazing food descriptions this book is going to make you so hungry and lila is a fantastic protagonist so nice yeah, again, that's Arsenic and Adobo by Mia P. Manansala.
1: I feel like that's another trope. The broken heart mending plus food, but yeah. also the high school ex coming back. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Patterns. We <laughs> should make
0: like a bingo card. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Honestly, I think that would really or have like a drinking game. Yeah, or, or that. Yeah. All right. So the next question is from tamika she says hi ladies i recently watched the valerian and the city of a thousand planets movie and well now i am hooked on space opera i want to read more space opera fiction some with romance and action i've been suggested the wayfarer series the expanse series and the Murderbot diary series i need more suggestions p.s no star wars or star trek please sorry <laughs> no need to apologize tamika but yeah that's from tamika so what do you have in the way of that, Jen?
0: so i picked another one that i'm gonna i think i'm using up uh is chilling effect by valerie valdez because this series is so much fun there are two books out the third one is coming i can't remember exactly when but not too far i don't think and they're, I think, like the madcapness of Valerian is similar in a way to the madcap, like very quirky feel of the Chilling Effect series, and so the main character Eva Innocente and her crew uh, on the La Serena Negra are, like, a basically, like, they're space FedEx. Like, they, they ship cargo. <laughs> or, like, truckers. They're, like, space truckers. They ship cargo. Uh, they are trying to make an honest living. But it's, you know, it's scrappy. It's hard. And then Eva's sister is kidnapped by the space mafia, which is called the Fridge. And they're holding her (laughs) hostage, and she has to, like, work for them. They don't want money. They want her to run jobs for them until, you know, they decide that they're going to release her sister. So she is, on the one hand, trying to, like get her sister released, which means she has to take these jobs. She doesn't want her crew to know or be involved, which is difficult when they're all on the same spaceship. Uh, But she's like, so she's trying to like do these jobs on the side without involving anybody else. That goes about as well as you would expect it to. She's also having feelings for one of her crew. And there are some power dynamics at play there that get really examined in, I think, a very satisfying way. Again, more great family feelings and romance and action and all kinds of like hopping from planet to planet. There's different aliens, there's different, you know, types of people all over the place. It's really, really fun. And I think it will absolutely scratch the itch that you now have. So again, that is Chilling Effect by Valerie Valdez.
1: Nice, that sounds really good. I have not read that, but I'm oh, adding it to my TBR. You are going to
0: love it, I think. Post-haste, yes.
1: <laughs> it also, when you were first describing it, it also kind of reminded me of Futurama, like the little cargo situation.
0: It has, I think, I don't, I think that's fair. It has some of those vibes, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, the one I chose is called The Tea Master and the Detective by Aliette de Boudard. This is a side note, but I really like the cover for this. I don't know why. But um, yes, yeah, so the space setup here involves, let's just say the setting is called the scattered pearls belt, which kind of sounds like my ideal space opera setting. Like if I had a <laughs> choice of where to go once the earth is like completely destroyed, which may or may not happen in my lifetime, um, I would prefer to be in the scattered pearls belt. Just saying. So this collection of habitats is ruled by exiled human scholars and powerful families. So there is definitely a similar class setup as was on Earth. There are these things or these beings, I should say called living mindships that transport people and goods across space. So it's interesting that the book you chose Jen also involves like transportation and mm. moving stuff, moving goods and stuff. So that's it's an interesting space opera trope I guess that mm-hmm. I'm just realizing okay so there's one ship called the shadow's child that is retired as a result of an injury and is also kind of just making it by like just kind of eking out a living by making these mind-altering drugs for space travelers to feel more comfortable during travel um so basically the shadow's child you know the vibe i got was weed ban, you know so <laughs> there's that then there's long xiao who is an eccentric scholar who has a, you know, not the best bedside demeanor. So the Shadow's child, Mindship, received an assignment from Long child that turns out to involve procuring a corpse for scientific study. They realize that the corpse has been murdered and they decide to investigate. As they do, some questionable things concerning Long child come up, and we don't know if we can trust her. Remember, she's part, she's a, a scholar, and the scholars kind of rule the scattered pearls belt. So she might, you know, be benefiting from from some privilege and stuff like that. This definitely has some Sherlock Holmes vibes, which I I also always appreciate. So this is, so of course it's Sherlock Holmes. So that's the mystery, space opera, all that good stuff. Again, that is The Tea Master and the Detective by Aliette de Bedard. I should mention too, that is is a kind of like a pan-Asian, futuristic, like pan-Asian setting, which I also always love.
0: Yes. Love, love, love Dibidard. Love that series. Love Mm -hmm. that book. So glad you picked that. All right. Our next question is from Brie, who says, my six younger sisters and I, that is so many sisters, side note, my six younger sisters and I have a book club so we can all keep reading together like we did growing up. We all love magical worlds, fairy tale retellings, and anything with witchy vibes. We've read the Harry Potter series, A Wrinkle in Time, and the School for Good and Evil series. My youngest sister is 12, so please keep subject matter and reading levels in mind. Bonus points if the protagonist is a person of color. Erica, what do you got for the
1: Sisters Book Club? Okay. First of all, I'm Jelly Beans because my sisters are not that organized. So shout out to (laughs) y'all. Y'all are really cute and y'all are doing it. All right. That's number one. So I have (laughs) This Poison Heart by Callan Baron, and I think it definitely checks off all the little boxes, magical worlds, retellings, witchy vibes. Also the protagonist is a person of color. So Berseus is a black teenager who hides her magical ability to grow plants from a single touch from everyone but her adoptive mothers. When her aunt Cersei dies, she is left in a state that her and her parents decide to move into. They like move out of Brooklyn, go more like upstate New York, I believe. Um, the hope is that once she's there, she will be able to better hone her craft um, of her plant magic. So she'll be surrounded by plants because there's this garden. There's also this like apothecary on this estate and all these like interesting instructions and different things for this, you know, older house. Um, She's finding out new things about her biological family that she never knew. She doesn't know if those are necessarily good. So once strangers start turning up to ask her for elixirs and the like, she even learns that she's good at making things like that, which she didn't know before. So one of the people that turned up is a girl named Marie, who she ends up befriending. But she also finds out that Marie has a little more going on than is apparent immediately, and this kind of dark, questionable stuff. So Marie needs to get her act together. In other words, um, there's also a curse, a family curse, like a hundred years generational family curse, and a group of people that come after her, wanting a an elixir that will grant them immortality, I believe. And then there's this killer plant. So um Perseus has to defend her family, you know, hone her craft, get better with controlling her magic and defend her family basically. And BD just a couple things. Yeah, just a couple things, you know, nothing but you know, regular magical teenager things. <laughs> um if you hadn't already guessed from her aunt's name, this is a there's a lot of like Greek mythology and it also has a lot of black culture and like you know current sayings and slangs and stuff which is I feel like it helps make it more present and helps you know that this is supposed to be like a world that exists over our world or you know something like that so again this is This Poison Heart by Callan Barron.
0: That is on my TBR. I'm so excited to get to yes. it sometime Sweet. soon. I love me some plant magic and mm-hmm. yeah it just sounds so good. All right. I picked Spin the Dawn by Elizabeth Lim, which is the first in the blood of stars series. The second book, Unravel the Dusk, is out. So you have that going for you as well. If y'all like it, you can read the next one. And I picked this for you because it is, it is not as like present day as the other books that you mentioned, but it is absolutely a magical world. It has some fairy tale retelling vibes. For sure. The magic is so interesting. And it is um, a, about a young woman of color. So, you know, all the things going for it. So, Maya, the main character, is in this, you know, uh, East Asian inspired country. And she and her father live like sort of out in the not center of things. And they have a tailor shop. And they are, you know, struggling to make ends meet. And she's a girl. And in this society, like, she's not supposed to do the things. So, you know. Like, like is happens and especially yeah. in these like historically inspired fantasies. But then somebody from the royal court comes calling because her father has this amazing reputation um, and the new uh, soon to be empress needs dresses and they're having a dress competition. They're trying to find all of the best tailors in the kingdoms to come and make special dresses for this new empress and they want her father, but he cannot go. So she poses as his son, she poses as a boy, and goes to the, you know, summer palace to try to win this competition. She there are magic scissors, there are, like, all kinds (laughs) of backstabbings, and, like, the different tailors are sabotaging each other because they all want to win, and you don't know who you can trust and who you can't. Also, in the meantime, the soon to be empress is super not excited to be getting married in the first place, so there's all kinds of court tensions that she's dealing with. So yeah, very like Cinderella, but also Project mm. Runway, but mm. also Chinese mythology. Like there's yes. a lot of different awesome things going on in here. And I think I think y'all will love it and get really into it. I'm super much a fan. So again, that is Spin the Dawn by Elizabeth Lim.
1: I loved it. We had a little, you know, yes! conversation on Slack before we did. the podcast. We did. I really like that one. The second one is a little different, a little different feel, but they're both cute. So spin the don, Love it. Okay. So the next question is from Ashley B. Ashley says, I absolutely love the Sophie Cat series by Kyra Davis. And that was my first cozy mystery series. I've been looking for something that gives me the same feeling as that series did, but haven't had much luck. I haven't had a bad experience with a couple other cozies I've tried out, but it wasn't the same feeling I've been chasing. I just want that zany Sophie experience that makes me want to curl up on the couch with hot chocolate on a rainy day and laugh. Bonus points for a romance. Catch me swooning over a Natalie. Signed, Ashley B. So what you got, Jen?
0: So I hadn't read the Sophie Katz book, so I did some research. And I was trying to think about like that feeling that you talk about, like it's zany, but it's also comfy and you want to curl up on the couch and you just want to laugh, right? And so the book that came to my mind is A Trifle Dead by Livia Day, which is also a food cozy for our first <laughs> asker. So if you want more about that, uh, here is another one. But I think it has, I think the main character, Tabitha, is very much like sort of zany and like has very good intentions but like can't stop herself from interfering and getting involved in things and you know she's 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 like a little bit wacky in a very satisfying way there is a sweet romance there are a lot of great descriptions of food so like again good for snacking while reading And so, yes. So Tabitha is trying to run this urban cafe. It's like very hipster. She's very hipster. Side note. Um, In Australia. I can't remember exactly where. And she comes from, she's got like a lot of policemen in her family and she's just like so over. She's like, oh, go away. Like they're always coming by and she just wants them to get out of her business. But then somebody turns up dead in the flat upstairs from the cafe, and there are all kinds of reasons why she definitely should not do anything about this, and yet she naturally ends up investigating the murder. And she is having, like, there's lots of, like, romantic tension with this police officer who she's like doesn't want to be involved with there's also this very charming Scottish blogger uh, Mm. who's like you know turning up a lot so there's a bunch of fun different pieces to this and while you know like all kill like somebody has to die like people have to die for there to be a plot (laughs) so like there's you know harder parts but like it overall is very cute very fun very you know zany so I think I think this might work for you. Again, that's A Trifle Dead by Livia Day.
1: Nice. Another good food mystery pun yeah. in the title. Which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah. I also have not read the Sophie Cat series. It sounds fun. Hopefully, this will, you know, satisfy that itch. Um, it's called Hollywood Homicide by Kelly Garrett, and it follows Dana Anderson, who is a struggling black actress. And when I say struggle with her, the struggle is super real. She is hella broke and just trying to make it when she witnesses a hit and run and decides to try to get the fifteen thousand dollar reward money. Mm. And, you know, like uh, you know, I won't say I wish I would view a hit and run, but you know, no. I mean it's real out here. <laughs> so <right. laughs> um, I mean, it's not the worst a struggling actress has done to, you know, truth. You know, just you know, try to make it. Okay, so she becomes more involved than she thought she would, of course, and finds out more about the victim. and so soon she just wants to figure out who hit the poor, poor girl and, you know, just give her family some closure and stuff. So he connects the death to a crime spree um, to celebr other, other celebrities and also um, some other Hollywood trappings like paparazzi are involved and all this all this uh, you know, regular Hollywood stuff. So things are going kind of well. Um, She realizes that she likes investigating. She likes being like playing detective or whatever. And um, it's going pretty well for her in in terms of that as far as as well as it could go until she realizes someone's trying to kill her. So there's that. It's a fun and light read with a few twists. It's like pretty funny, pretty humorous. It's got the thrill, like a thriller aspect. I think. I don't know. I hope that I hope the zany part is satisfied. But I feel like, you know, funny characters kind of scratch that zany itch, I guess. Mm. But yeah, again, it's called Hollywood Homicide by Kelly Garrett.
0: Nice, nice. All right, let us take
1: our next sponsor break. Today's episode is brought to you by Avid Reader Press. This is an exquisitely original and feverishly fun fusion of genres and ideas. The Ministry of Time by Kalyan Bradley asks, what does it mean to defy history when history is living in your house? Kalyan Bradley's answer is a blazing, unforgettable testament to what we owe each other in a changing world. It kind of gives Outlander meets Cloud Atlas, or If the Time Traveler's Wife was written by Sally Rooney or Colson Whitehead. Make sure to check out The Ministry of Time by Kalyan Bradley. And thanks again to Avid Reader Press for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Gallery Books. So Anna Green thought she was marrying Liam West for access to subsidized family housing while at UCLA, which is an interesting reason to marry someone, but you know, in this economy. So anyway, she signed divorce papers when the graduation caps were tossed and she thought she was done at Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: our next question is from Lucille, who says, you said it with your own mouths, or maybe somebody stole the mic. On the review of All the Rex episode, you said that there are now comps for a long way to a small, angry planet. I believe you implied there were many. I am super, super, super desperate to read more like that. I haven't found anything like it. I love the whole series. I especially like the found family among all the different species in the first and second books. I would prefer not to read a white male author's works. I have decades of hearing that perspective and am interested in broadening the views coming in. I have read Anne Leckie's books, and those were not for me, really. I picked up Quarter Share by Nathan Lill, but haven't read it yet. I have seen Lady Astronaut, but the stress levels of dealing with anti-feminism is not something I am up to right now. Relatable. I want to see a world where all that garbage has been dealt with already, and we are now dealing with other things. I know it's all same problem, new species, but it is somehow less nausea-inducing to read about when it's not us. If I am even making sense here, Lucille, you are making. sense. Mm -hmm.
1: You're making too much sense, girl. You are. You are.
0: And and we, I did say. I remember this episode. I did say that there are more now, and so here we are. We're going to talk about some of them. So, Erica, we. I want to give your pick first
1: sure um all systems read by martha wells um and so okay so some you know some things some issues still exist here um apparently corporate greed is hard to kill yeah. um but it exists in the future and in space which is not too surprising unfortunately so there are space faring planetary missions that are approved and supplied by this entity called the company and so um, just you know, in true corporate fashion, safety is not a primary concern. So it, you know, often these missions go to like the lowest bidder, I guess, basically. So there comes to be this self-aware droid called a SEC unit that has hacked its module and renames himself Murderbot. On account of his general distaste for humans. (laughs) Um, He just wants to be left alone while he figures things out. And I I kind of feel like he's, you know, kind of like a little symbol for millennial angst because same, like, you know, you see what I'm saying, Jen? I do. do. (laughs) Like, you know, introvert that's, you know, the, that's the term of the, of the decade. One of them. And, you know, he's just trying to figure it out. So he probably got some student loans, you know, <laughs> had to move back in with his family at 30, you know, it's real. <laughs> so, okay. So yeah, he wants to be left alone and just chill, you know, do his own thing. But something goes wrong with another mission. So Murderbot and some uh, scientists have to figure out what happened. So the there are some great action scenes here that I think you will enjoy. And Murderbot is legit funny. Like he is, you know, he's a good time. He's fun. So again, that's All Systems Read by Martha Wells. Oh, also this is uh, part of a series. I should say one good thing. Well, good depending on what you're looking for. I like how All Systems Read and also the book by Elliot de Bedard are both shorter. So it's like, you know, fantasies and science fiction novels sometimes have the Tendency to run kind of long as they're like Mm. introducing you to these new worlds. So, if you want to just pop in real quick, you know, get your toes wet and then like pop out, read another book, it's like a quick, you know, kind of like a novella length, both of them. So, yes, also some thread by Martha Wells, first in the series.
0: Yes, love Murderbot. Definitely also some good found family in that series as well. All right, let's see. I picked for you, I like went back and forth about which one I wanted to focus on because I do have sort of a short list of things that I think are close. Now, I will say that Becky Chambers is doing something very specific with the Wayfarer series. So nothing is going to be exactly like it because that's just not possible. Like it has to be written by Becky Chambers to be exactly like the Wayfarer series. So, you know, that being said, I picked for you A Big Ship at the Edge of the Universe by Alex White, which is the first in the Salvagers series, and it absolutely has this really delightful found family story at its heart where it takes a while for like you you're not seeing a family that's already formed you're seeing one happen in front of you which is very emotionally satisfying for me anyway and I think for other people as well and so and it doesn't have the different alien species that uh, wayfarers has but the people are coming from all different walks of life, so you get, you know, differing uh, experiences and perspectives, at least in that regard. Oh, a side note, though, also chilling effect, a very good... Wayfarer's comp as well, funnier, mm-hmm. zanier, a little more actiony, but like I think it will give you the similar feelings. And plus, it has lots of different species. So that's that's my side note. Shout out to Chilling Effect, which we already talked about. Okay, back to a big ship at the edge of the universe. So there are a bunch of characters involved in this. We'll focus on two. One is Boots, who is a former treasure hunter, and in this like future of humanity, there's still you know reality TV because apparently that's also never. Going away, with like <laughs> corporate greed. So it's funny and sad. So like, yeah, it is funny and also <laughs> sad. Yeah. Yes. So she like had this show. She was famous, like super good at finding, you know, these like going on these intergalactic treasure hunts to find whatever. And now she's not so famous. She's washed up. She has this reputation for having faked a bunch of stuff. And she actually does make her living now by making fake treasure maps for other people and selling them to the highest bidder. And like, they don't know that they're fake. They believe that she's telling them real information, but she's not. She makes a new one and sells it. And then people start coming after her because... They think that she actually knows where to find this warship that has been lost for a very long time. Super powerful warship. And that's the map that she made for this bitter, but she was faking it. But they think she knows where it is. So now she's on the run. And then another character who is my favorite is Nyla, Mm -hmm. who is like kind of a diva. She is a race car space race car driver Um, (laughs) and like very fancy, very famous, lives a very pampered life, is very good at her job. Also, there's some fun engineering magic. Like in this concept, you can have magic and really awesome technology. So there's an interesting meld there. Um, And Hmm. she has some engineering magic that helps make her an amazing driver. And she's in the middle of a race when something starts to go very weird. Um, She sees this like strong strange being murder another racer and now she's framed for that murder so she's on the run and they like become part of this whole group that basically has to go find this worship in order to Get away from the people who are trying to prevent them from doing the thing that they weren't even trying to do in the first place. Fun setup. Wow. And, yeah, it's a lot. There's more action, obviously, than in the Wayfarer books. Like Wayfarer books <laughs> are very much about the feelings. But what I love about the Salvagers series is that White does an amazing job of making it about both the feelings and the action. And these characters are so great. You've got queer characters, you've got, you know, different abilities, you've got different economic issues you've got lots Mm -hmm. of personality like you just have so much going on um and they have to try to figure out like how to get along and like how not to kill each other and also maybe they love each other and everything is complicated and it's yeah it's real it's real good i have a lot of feelings and that's what happens to me when i read the wayfarers book so that's why i think this is a good comp for you Um, so again that's a big ship at the edge of the universe by alex
1: white that sounds very involved, and like I need to get into that. Yes, yes. that was a ringing endorsement. Yes. It's a real good escapist reading for sure. Mm-hmm. Quick question: Did you say the main character's name was Boots, and she made maps? Yes. Is it like okay? I, have, I make random like connections, like Dora.
0: Oh, I did not think about it, but you're probably right.
1: <laughs> Boots is the monkey, and they're always looking at maps. That's how my brain works. I mean, it's supposed to be Monday, but it's Tuesday, so you know that's what I right. mean? Like...
0: I, I, would, I don't know. I, we'd have to ask the author if they meant yeah. it to be a Dora the Expert <laughs> homage, but that's amazing. <laughs> Love it. Don't judge me,
1: please. No, not judging. Yes. Door is amazing. She is. Listen. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So the next question comes from Sandy. Sandy writes, hi, Jen and Amanda. I had written in before and got recommendations for my mother-in-law. Thanks so much. She loved the books. Now I wanted to write in for a recommendation for my sister. My younger sister doesn't read very often, but has expressed interest in reading more. Some of the books that she has read and enjoyed are The Outsiders, Big Friendly Giant, Archie Comics, and most recently, Monday's Not Coming. She keeps going to the library and the bookstore trying to find a book to enjoy, but hasn't had any luck. I hope, I'm hope i hoping you guys can help in blooming her love of reading. Thanks again. Much love, signed Sandy. So Jen, what you got?
0: So this is an interesting one to think about. I went back and forth a few times on what direction I wanted to go, but I settled on A Map to the Sun by Sloane Leong for a few reasons. It is... A graphic novel, which you are you list a bunch, so it seems like a good plan. It also is a very complicated friendship story, which I think ha- comes up in, like, The Outsiders and Monday's Not Coming. So it, it feels like it has some, you know, story DNA in common with the things that she has responded to in the past. Um, so this is about Ren and Luna. Uh, they meet at a beachside basketball court, like they do. And they become very good friends. But then Luna moves away, and when Ren, like, writes to her, she just does not respond. So, you know, their friendship basically, for all intents and purposes, is gone. Years go by. And then Luna comes back. And is like, hey, let's let's be buds again. And Ren is just like, I don't know who you are anymore. You never wrote back to me. Also, I've got a lot going on in my life. I have new friends. I've got family stuff going on. So, yeah, they have to figure out, like, can they be friends again? How do you deal with all of these pressures that are so intense when you're in that age and dealing with so many different things and trying to figure out like how to be a person in the world, um, which yeah. again, I think shows up a bunch in the some of the books that your sister has liked. And it's a gorgeous graphic novel. I mean, beautiful art,
1: beautiful art.
0: So again, that's A Map to the Sun by Sloan Leong. Yes,
1: yeah, Sloan Leong definitely has some like really cool art. I think I just mentioned something uh, they had done like a week or two ago on Hey YA. Oh, so nice. Definitely love, I have not read a map to the sun, but I looked it up as, you know, in, pre- in preparation for today. Mm-hmm. And it looks really pretty. Um, so I also was going back and forth based on your sister's, what she likes. And I do notice she likes kind of like some classic things and things that like are very popular. Um, so I thought that... The book You Should See Me in a Crown by Leah Johnson would be a good match for her because it also deals with like the trappings of, um, you know, being a teenager, figuring things out, like you said, Jen. Mm. Um, So it follows Liz Lighty, who grows up in a small town uh, in Indiana, which, um, well, she's, you know, black and not rich kind of awkward so it's like you know that's just a super awkward situation i feel for her (laughs) (laughs) just be real i'm like i did not wish that on anybody i'm so sorry so she kind of feels like she just is like too awkward and won't doesn't fit in in her town which is a in the midwest as i mentioned indiana it's also like this prom obsessed place so it's it's all good though because she has this plan to go to this like really fancy college called pennington college and play in an orchestra and become a doctor. I like the range that sis has. Let me Mm -hmm. just say, I don't have that range. But if you can do it, more power to you. So she's expecting to get this financial aid to pay for her schooling. Um, And when that falls through, she has to kind of regroup and make another plan. And she realizes that her school, again, prom obsessed, her school has a scholarship for prom king and queen. And there's nothing that Liz would want to do less than become the prom queen but she kind of has no other options on how to get out of campbell indiana so she kind of deals with all of these like you know again it's it's um contemporary it's going on it could go on like today so there's social media like bullying and trolls and stuff people being catty um humiliating public events which so many (laughs) I feel like most public events at that age are humiliating, (laughs) unless you're just trained from birth. Yeah. And I'm just like, sometimes I like even have flashbacks. I'm like, you know, I'm, you know, an adult now, but Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I'm just like, you know what, you know how like shower thoughts, you remember like a a conversation or something you did five years ago. And you're like, I shouldn't have said that. But anyway, so despite her fear of spotlight and like, you know, public speaking anxiety and stuff like that, she is determined to get into Pennington, period. So um, she is helped along in her journey by this new girl in school called Mac, who is smart and funny and just kind of as much of an outcast as Liz. Um, But Mac is also running for queen. So we have two queens here, potential queens. (laughs) So a little conflict there. So Mac, if you couldn't tell Mac and Liz, there's this like very tender, sweet uh, romance between them. And this also has some good stuff on friendships. Uh, Jen, I like that you mentioned like the friendships in your recommendation um, mm. by Sloane Leong. I and mean, that's very real because um, I've definitely been ghosted by, you know, I mean, it mm-hmm. just happens. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely done some ghosting. hmm <laughs> i'm not proud you know but um i think i hope your sister will like this again it's you should see me in a crown by leah johnson
0: that one has been on my list for a while i've seen so many people recommend it and that cover is so sweet i love that. so cute so good so good yeah i'm having it's so funny to hear you talk about like you know, having flashbacks, because this past weekend, uh, my parents came to visit for the first time since the pandemic started. And they are cleaning out their garage. So of course, they brought like several boxes of old junk that obviously, yeah, obviously, so they unloaded all of this stuff. And I went (laughs) through some of it yesterday. And there's senior prom pictures in there that (sighs) I had 100% forgotten about and like a bunch of pictures from high school. And I was like, both like had some nice nostalgia and also yeah. that that cringy like in crawling yes. of remembering how complicated and like humiliating and weird it is to be a teenager. yeah
1: it's so weird bless their hearts that is so that's perfect then that kind of really ties into your um past few days yeah yeah it does
0: it's, it's very yeah. on theme as I am like extremely uncomfortable about it <laughs> <laughs> You could not pay me, a. No- I wouldn't, there is no amount of money you could pay me to go back to being a p- teenager. There's no-, no,
1: it's not worth, it wouldn't be worth it. No, nope. it's nope. not it's worth it. Not. I don't know, period, nah, <laughs> cringe is the Whew. word. Uh,
0: yeah, you'll, you'll all live through it though, if you're listening. I, I, yes, you will. I believe in you, you're going to make it. I do too, yes. All right. Okay. So our last question also has teenagers in it. Here we go. Uh, Our last question is from The Stagehand, who says, I work in technical theater. My teenage niece has recently developed an interest in technical theater and in her enthusiasm asked me if there were any books about people in my profession. And I am at a loss. There are textbooks, but that's not what she wants. I bought her a couple of volumes of the Backstagers, but I have never been able to get into graphic novels, so that's not something I can share with her. I remember reading a Stephanie Callas novel in which the protagonist was a stage manager, but without getting too deeply into backstage politics, I would say that stage managers are a different breed. What I do as a stagehand is run shows, build sets, hang lights. I climb ladders and crawl in tight spaces. I do plenty of reading, even in the dark of backstage, but I don't know of any novels that feature technical theater or the technicians who work in it. Even an internet search has led me nowhere. Are there novels or memoirs out there or am I going to have to write my own? So listen, stagehand, you are not wrong. There is basically nothing... That is exactly what you were looking for that I have been able to find. And I went to the contributors because we have some theater folks in there and we like, there was an extended conversation about this. And it's, it's. I don't know why nobody wants to write about stagehands, not stage managers, but stagehands. But apparently it's not a thing.
1: Yeah, I think stagehand, you should write that book. Yes. And then we can recommend it to others who are looking for it
0: absolutely absolutely yes. my partner works in theater and we were talking about how amazing like a like an oral history of what it's like to be a stagehand would be like get all of these different narratives from people who've worked on different kinds of productions and in different roles but like again like not the manager the other folks that make all the things happen so yeah. somebody somebody out there needs to get on this seriously post haste <laughs> and in the meantime we have some pics that are like Kind of close, but kind of not. So Erica, what, what, did,
1: what did you go with? Okay, so I consulted the contributors as well. And I chose City of Girls by Elizabeth Gilbert, although it does involve more so like costume design. But that's still, you know, fun stage things. So um, this is about a kind of like a love story set in New York City theater world during the 1940s. It's told by a 95-year-old woman, Vivian, who is looking back on her life. So in 1940, when she was 19 years old, she had been kicked out of college because she, you know, her freshman year was not too hot. And so her rich parents sent her to live with an aunt who has a theater in Midtown called the Lily Lily Playhouse, Uh, which kind of sounds like something else, but side note on that. (laughs) So this is also not, I wouldn't say this is so it's for your teenage niece. I think, I mean, I think kids could still read this. teenagers. It's not definitely not YA or anything, I don't believe. No, mm-hmm. yeah. So Vivian is introduced to this entire world of like these very unconventional and interesting and charismatic characters. They're these like super fun showgirls. There's this kind of like, you know, alluring, intriguing, sexy male actor. This older Grand Am actress, a writer. It's kind of like, kind of a womanizer somewhat. And um, a stage manager, of course. So her world kind of gets turned upside down when she makes a mistake. I mean, it is 1940 and she is a young woman. So that is not too hard to believe, unfortunately. So this mistake kind of changes things for her. But it also leads to like a new understanding and kind of freedom and stuff like that so um again she's kind of like recalling her life and I think it's cool to having lived in New York City and and just anyone who's like interested in that I always like to read books that are like uh that talk about New York City in the past because it's interesting Mm. I I feel like I, I I feel like a big reason why people move to New York City you know who are not from there and don't have family there is because of like all these stories and stuff that we Just kind of absorbed over the years about New York City movies Mm. and books and everything like that. And the people that I know who are from there, it's always interesting to hear like stories from them. So it's just, it's just a super interesting place, even now, of course. So again, that is City of Girls by Elizabeth Gilbert.
0: All right. So yeah, I went with Well Met by Jen DeLuca, which is. Not about theater. It's about a Renaissance festival. But bear with me here, okay? I have reasons. I swear. So this is a contemporary romance novel, and the main character Emily has moved moved back to the small town where she's from uh, in Maryland just for the summer to help her sister recover from an accident, and she gets roped into helping out at the local renaissance fair alongside her teenage niece. And the guy in charge of the volunteers is extremely annoying. She's like, is he deliberately trying to make my life miserable? Or like, what is going on here? Except for when they're in character. And then he's like, Very flirty. So she's having some whiplash. She's like, who is this dude and what is going on with our interactions? And he, of course, has his own reasons for behaving the way he is. And because it's a romance, you know, you can guess where this goes. But there's a lot of behind the scenes digging into, like, yeah, how do you stage a renaissance festival? And Emily is a volunteer. She's not in charge. So she is doing the unglamorous task that you have to do to make a thing happen. And I thought what might be fun for you and your niece to do is, like, to read this together, and then you could talk about, like, yeah, how much is this, like, theater? How much isn't it? Like, does it sound like fun? And that's the kind of thing that... I don't know how many, you know, volunteer positions there are available for technical theater, but it's something that potentially could be a way for her to get her hands into, you know, sort of backstage... Stuff. So maybe this will spark an interest, uh, as well as giving you two something to talk about. I will say this is an adult contemporary romance, um, and there are some steamy scenes. So depending on how comfortable you are talking with your niece about sex, like you can either just not talk about those scenes, or maybe this is not a pick for you. But you know, it's it's not like super explicit. It's it's mostly cute and fun. And hopefully we'll give you some opportunities for good conversations about, again, like what it is that you actually do and what that's like. Uh, So again, that is Well Met by Jen DeLuca. Nice. And that's our show.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. it was fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you had fun. Thank you again so much for coming on.
1: Thanks for inviting me. Let me be here. It was great.
0: Yeah, that was super enjoyable. Thank you also to our audio editor, Jen Zink, for being so amazing at cleaning up all of our flubs, as always. And thanks to you all for listening. If you would like more recommendations, check out bookriot.com. Lots of book recommendations there. You can also find our other podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, including Hey YA, where Erica hey. is. Yes, yes. <laughs> and if you would be so kind as to leave a rating and or a review for whatever podcast you're listening to from us, we super appreciate that. It helps other folks to find the show. Uh, thanks to our sponsors for making our shows possible. And Eric, Erica, where can people find you uh, in between shows?
1: Between shows, you can find me on Twitter, kind of, at Erica underscore E-Z-E underscore. Erica with a C, by the way.
0: Or, obviously, on Hey so.
1: Obviously. Yes. Also that.
0: Yeah. So, I I am on one of my yearly social media hiatuses mm-hmm. <laughs> but when i'm not on hiatus you can find me on twitter and tumblr as jen J E N N I R L, or on instagram as i am jen i-r-l and we will talk to you next time